You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, look at that. We're live. We're live. Look at that. Low key wall. Welcome, Walnuts. Low key wall is back. Uh, I probably should put, put it on my face so you guys know who you guys are actually seeing and actually hanging out with tonight. In here, back in the Cyber Loafing Studios, it's, it's your host, 8 o'clock, on the dot, alarm goes off, just like you guys see. It's not an act. Every time at 8 o'clock, my alarm goes off so I can brush my daughter's teeth. My wife is doing it right now upstairs. You can hear her knocking the thing, but like I said, welcome back to Loki Wall. I know, we're not dead, we still do these things, but joining me here on the line is, of course, the last great white rhino himself, Reinhold. Why don't you go say hi? Uh, hello, everybody. Yeah, and of course, we've got Escalaja sitting there in the wall Twitch stream room in the Discord. Howdy. Yeah, and feel free to join us if you want to. If you want to talk if in in our Discord if you at Earth Pony level or higher. At Earth Pony level, I'm sorry. Yeah, so. All right, so I am like I said, it's been a while since I could just been streaming for a while. So I'm like checking a couple of things, seeing how things go, seeing if things good, uh, going okay. So if you see anything, it's messed up. Please let us know if you're in the chat room. We'll try to fix it here on air. You know, so we're going to do our best of keep everything flowing, get everything correct, because, hey, I'm a little rusty for doing this. All right. So talking tonight, we, you know, of course, going to we'll get to your people want to talk about smoke. We can do that. We can talk about dogs, too. Don't worry about that. Um, I want to talk about, like, uh, tracking apps. We'll talk about that. And we're also going to talk about Rhino's story about the uh, Coast Guard terrorist action. So, Ryan, you want to start us off? You want to read out the article for us? Right sure. So, it's yeah, it's an interesting story that um, the, there's been a few of these over the past year that have come to light, been a big splash on TV, and then all of a sudden just disappeared immediately. And this is another one of those. We have a uh, a gentleman who has decided that um, he wanted to try to kill everybody on earth. I think it was his, his stated goal. He had a list that he put together and um, a lot of what we're finding out about the story is coming from documents that he's written um, and then were deleted off his hard drive. So, um, Except this is the the FBI, I think, is the ones who grabbed him and arrested him. And now he's awaiting uh, trial. There's a, a fight going over whether he should have bail or not, or whether he should be held tension during the uh, lead up to the trial because of danger that it represents. Okay. Um, so his name is Christopher Paul Hassan, H-A-S-S-O-N. Uh, born in Maryland, Coast Guard Lieutenant, right? Um, and some of the things he's been accused of, one of the things is he had a large stockpile of weapons, which I believe the number was around 12 or 13. So I don't know how much we want to put stock in, whether that's a large stockpile of weapons. Um, but he has, has self-identified himself as a white nationalist. Okay. And had a list of people he wanted to kill. He had a spreadsheet 
uh, with the list of journalists, including Cory Booker, Tim Kaine, Beta O'Rourke, John Podesta, Democratic Socialists of America, Social Democrats USA, Angela Davis, Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Don Lemon, and Camilla Harris. Uh, Sheila Jackson Lee was also on the list. There's just a lot of people he had listed out that he wanted to take out. And um, one of his Google searches recently was what if Trump illegal, what if Trump illegally impeached civil war, if Trump impeached um, social Democrats, USA, most liberal senators. So I think we're seeing a pattern on what his, uh, Maybe political motivations were his triggers are, and uh, yeah, and what he was trying to to get out of that, and he and he did write, um, in one of these that he did want to kill everybody, as it were. So there's probably a lot of mental (laughs) issues going on in this gentleman at the present time, um, and and we're just trying to find out more about what's going on here. But what's interesting to me is that this story comes up. It splashes for a day and then disappears once the details are found out. Yet we have other stories like Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. that come on the scene and then linger for weeks and weeks and people just won't stop talking about them. And I'm kind of curious as to the mindset there. I, that's one of the things that really interests me about this is the just kind of how our attention span focuses on these weird little stories and ignore these really dangerous ones. I mean, CNN had three bomb threats last year. There was the post office uh, mailer uh, guy who was, who was trying to send these bombs that, you know, didn't work, but they were still being sent. Uh, once he was captured, it went away. Nobody's talking about it again, you know? So, so what do you guys think is, is there something here about why we're picking up on certain stories and not others? Is this something that they're trying to just, avoid talking about really? or is it just a natural way humans are combination of a combination of B like you said, because you're right. A lot of these real dangerous stories aren't talked about. They want to talk about the ones that are not a dangerous or just so small chance of happening. Um, take, you know, uh, in the early aughts during the Bush and Obama era, like, you know, like terrorists around every corner and they could come get you even though the likelihood of that was very low, but the you know, real dangers of you know so the guy sending the uh, pipe bomb and actually getting it right and taking you out. Those are real dangers. And he seemed like he was on the move to try to do something. I mean, so this doesn't seem like idle stuff. Like you know, it's like musing one night, thinking, oh, "I wonder what this would be like, or if I should look into this." But this is like something he seems to have been planning. And pause probably good to going to go through. Uh, he apparently he took uh, inspiration from the Norwegian terrorist Anders uh, Bering uh, Brevik, uh, and then the abortion clinic bomber uh, Eric Rudolph. So he's he's a definitely got a type uh, of things he was after and looking so. Um, so, just, like I said, I think me uh, possibly this could be something where I think we all agree that this is bad. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of story there to talk about. Whereas something like Jesse's mullet, where it's like a back and forth and things happen and and all that could 
could be part of the. Well, with like the, just there's with, just more in. Well, with the Jesse Smollett stuff, you got a actor with it, and that brings in automatically canned heat of the fans of the show that gets to watch your show talk about the ass action. So you have the lead up before, right, of people believing that he was attacked, uh, going through this. Uh, believing in the narrative, wanting to go out and defend, and also like just shocked and awe that this happened in a midwestern city. So you, so that massive hype train, which is built up anyways from all this, and then with the police and they're working on it, they're getting people. So like this massive, this vile thing that America thought were virally racially watching this, and then they realized it was a train wreck of a hoax. So they continue still watching and just want more answers. And a lot of people just really hope that the answer wasn't was like you're telling me this guy faked all this for a paycheck. You know, to some people that's unbelievable. Right. And, and, and how, but how much of it is that there's a certain segment of society who's wanting to point out that this was fake. Therefore all these other things could possibly be faked. Hmm. I mean, is that, is that something going on there that we have a push from that direction to say, Hey, look, look at all these, you know, all these people who are faking these uh, attacks when the reality is that the fakes are very, very few. And the things like this guy and the the post office bomber and the threats being called in, those things are really more concerning. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, the fakes are very few, but they're also trending to be like the most high profile of them all. I mean, look at the Covington kids nonsense that went on and dominated for two weeks uh every single headline on major news it uh yeah the the nothing cases are a small percentage of the total cases but they're also the ones that the media keeps tending to fixate on before we get all the information so uh, jim yeah Generally, my rule of thumb is if it is a crime of this type that is reaching some sort of fevered mass, whoever's behind, like, somebody's pushing it, and it's probably a weaker case than the one that you don't hear about in the news. It doesn't make sense, though. If they were, if they were trying to push the narrative that Trump supporters are dangerous... Wouldn't they be talking about the the mailbox bomber and and the Coast Guard guy just constantly? Because that's a narrative they can get along with. That's there's meat there. Correct. There's a lot of meat there, but it's also but there's meat. But the Jesse Smollett is shown proven can heat. He brings his own can heat of the show, and that's the other problem. Oh, it's a white supremacist with a bunch of guns. You know, unless you can put some, you know, it's some unknown white guy. They don't, it really doesn't have anything. Either. And then with the pot, you put a gun, they captured him. It was exciting for the time, but now it's all like procedural stuff. It's, not really, it's kind of pretty much boring. There's not much speculation to go on with those. With Jesse, like, oh, we can right. and that's, and go on this and we talk for hours. Right. And I think that might be part of the issue there, too, is that you've got the people who are wanting to push back and say, hey, look, this is the media trying to be fake. This is the media trying to push a narrative. And then there's a back and forth that goes on there. Whereas these other stories, 
everybody pretty much agrees this is wrong and scary and nobody wants to, you know, there's no, there's no other side to fight on that one. So there's no media interest at that point. Yeah. And an opinion piece was media. Uh, there was an opinion piece written a couple of days ago on uh, USA Today talking about a lot of these hate crime hoaxes. It was trying to like put, put them all together and to show like a lot of these fake hate crimes and hoaxes. A lot of them happen a lot. And Drew Fiona's like, there's, you know, it's main reason why like we question things and have a court of law and not trying to use court of public opinion of no matter what someone's accused of, we should probably. They'll get the facts and try to get to a courtroom because hoaxes do happen, and that's why you're proven to, uh, you're innocent to proven uh, I'm guilty. Well, look, I mean, just look at the um, um, Central Park raping that uh, current President Trump was involved in back in the day, where he still believes that those five guys were guilty, even though it was proven that they weren't. The Tawana Brawley uh, hoax. Yeah. Back in the uh, late '80s, I think it was mm-hmm. late '80s, early '90s. Duke Lacrosse. I mean, this this stuff happens, um, mm-hmm. but they they're the ones that get sensationalized, and everybody remembers. And people like this, you know, we just seem to kind of forget about and push to the side and go on with our life. Yeah, correct. Uh, there's been several different like proven like fake uh, hoaxes, uh, hate crime hoaxes where you're like, look, someone sprayed the swastika on my house and it turns out later, nope, it was them. You know, it's, yeah. I'm not saying that hate crimes don't happen. You know, I'm sure like people go after people for the race, but eh, you know, it's it's a lot of those are very vile and problematic, very problematic and they usually happen um on a mass scale it's to me like the way like the smaller thing like group was like i said it just seemed weird to me just because it just happened to one person in an area that's predominantly um you know gay and liberal so you just tell me like just two white guys and maga has decided to go to chicago for to go after one guy that seems weird but different if it's like a serial hanger and bleacher okay sucks it has to get that far but Usually, you need that much data. Uh oh. And people can barely uh, hear me. Is it me or all of us? Agent Power. You can keep going. Keep talking. So, yeah. Uh, oh, me? Okay. I'll look at my microphone. Like, I, I want to know exactly, like, how Clorox is supposed to enter into this as part of the hate crime. Like, I have never... Is that a thing, or was that just this bizarre detail that was added to this I particular... What you're talking about. Well, where they were supposedly... Clorox? Yeah, where they were going to pour bleach on him. Oh, I don't know. I mean, the like, whole... The whole attack seems like it was just a fever dream that he invented, right? I mean, it's it it's like a bad actor who doesn't know how to write uh, a movie trying to write a screenplay where he sends himself a uh, a note a week earlier that's like cut out letters in a magazine that you would see in movies from thirty years ago. I mean, this is <laughs> the guy. The guy wasn't in his right head at that point i don't think hmm. yeah so he's feel like he just went into a writer's room like hey yo i got a great you know idea for a script and 
rewrites it and then like, dude, this is the biggest hump of garbage I've ever seen. Right. You know, somebody who's like, you know, you should not write screenplays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The bleach just completely. I, I, I'm like, what the fuck at that? But you know, the, the entire, like I was talking about this case with my roommate and the uh, thing that first, like when he first heard about the account of the story, the thing that made him go, wait, what was the fact that he managed to keep his subway sandwich? (laughs) I don't know. All right. Correct. If it would have been a beer, it would have totally understandable. Didn't spill his beer through the whole thing. I get that. But the subway, come on. I think it probably would have been so rock hard and stale. Could have used that as a weapon. Uh, okay. I didn't think that part was that strange because I will fight a <laughs> son of a bitch for my sweet onion chicken teriyaki. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I used to just get a BLT, this, but so ah. this episode brought to you by Subway. Subway. It, Who's if there the is anybody code out there. next time checking out? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Use I, code Wall. Yeah. I'm just upset that Subway <laughs> in that area is open at 2 a.m. But like, I want a Subway open at 2 a.m. I'd take anything open in this godforsaken city. Oh, Waffle House, course, Waffle House, PT Show Club, White still Castle, open. White Castle. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So I can either get my heroin, mm-hmm. uh, my AIDS, or uh, extreme diarrhea. That's good to know. I'm, I'm sorry. PT Show Club is a fine establishment on the east side of Indianapolis. Um, Waffle House is also an establishment across the di- littered across the country, and it's the last bastion of hope to everyone on the road. And, and I and know White Cat cleans you out. It, it yeah. it's a cleansing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, yes, it's cleansing. Um, no, I've known people that have worked at Waffle Houses, and uh, yeah, that those are stories for another time. <laughs> I know. I feel like, like all I want to do is open up a Waffle House and go. This is like Waffle House, but we're cleaner. That's it. I love Waffle House. You should, you should. I spent some time working at a truck stop, so and they have some restaurants that are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And stories I could tell, but not on here. I just want one that's clean. Is that too much to ask? That's all I want. It's cleanliness. I hate going there drunk because I'll start spouting off of health code violations. Is that wrong? Is that wrong to me? Is that wrong what I do? But anyways, back to the like the like the hoaxy thing. Latest. Like, what? What health code violations? Hey, th- hey, hey, hey! Surf safe, right? It's a voluntary uh, um, certification. It's a great model that you can move forward. I hate that you're forced to follow surf safe, but you know right. it. It's a great model on how you could build a better um, health code. Like I've if. Exactly. Without, without the health department, I could probably go out and make an organization, call it the um, Paul Gox, and make people uh, 
pay to get my certification is let's say that you're clean. And I basically would just send people in there to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to doing at all hours of your business. It's just like underwriters laboratories, which is the one that I usually use for that example is like, we don't have a federal government entity telling us about electronics have to be safe and everything being inspected. And because like UL does it. It's a, it's a private organization. I, I prefer my stuff in China. Un, unlooked at. You know, someone just sent us a Zup nerds. It uh, Anubis, Anubis. That's a funny way of spelling Anubis. I think in the uh, Anubis. Yeah, it's, well, it's the wrong jackal headed god. If it is Anubis, but keep going right on. I'm sorry, distracted by the chat room. All right, then don't go. You know? Hey, we got another 14 month subscriber, Ryan Hole. 14 months. Thank you, Ryan Hole, for the sub. Oh. Well, yeah. if we're dumping yeah. all of the uh, subscribables and that I stuff. Uh, it's, it's been a while since I've been able to uh, share that I, sh- I sub to the channel. <laughs> oh, the 2,000 bits! Look at all the bits! Bits, bits! <laughs> well, let's get some bits. We got, hey, walnuts, we're getting bits. Hi, Crafty. I've what literally was- been saving that up for eight months. <laughs> Just like, just like holding up, holding all these bits to to dump them. That's a lot of bitties. That's a lot of bits. Trying to convince me to keep doing low co- low key wall, huh? Huh, walnuts. I like that name, and I'm gonna want to. I'm just gonna keep using it until it sticks. You know. No, uh, dear leader, dissed that name, uh, dissed the uh, Liberty and Chill name. So I just came up with walnuts, and I kind of like doing it. I missed the bits dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of reason I want to get like a dear leader to do it because like we could both bit dance together. We could dance. What do you think about the Ukraine? Well, the Ukraine is weak. Also split up a little. Um, depend- it- There's a lot of things I think about Ukraine, but depends on where you really want to know or are you talking about recent yeah. if there's something that some recent in the last week i don't know much that happened in ukraine but focus on other things but if you have an article you want to share you prefer to drop it in the discord which do i get the discord bot working please tell me I get the discord bot working probably not it still doesn't work well, if we were wanting to do Ukrainian news, uh, the Ukraine uh, has begun the impeachment process for their president. Wait, this was the president they put into power after the uh, civil war and take and takeover and coup. Speaking of coup, mm-hmm. speaking of the the coup here, yes, shh, 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 not a coup. There- Remain calm. There is no coup. There is no coup. What I should do is t- speak out to the other legal liberty and let them recognize me as the new deal leader. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what would your avatar be? Which super friend? Hmm. Hmm. 
Uh, See, I, mean, I almost need your be. I almost knee jerk and said Jason Todd. Uh, yeah, I almost knee jerk to yeah. said Jason Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but we all know how that turns out. You mean, you mean Nightwing, right? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Nightwing. Yeah, good old Nightwing. I mean, it fits. He takes all his mantle as Batman at one point after mm-hmm. Batman breaks his exactly. back. Gets his back broken by Bane. Yep. Well, I dropped the <laughs> dropped the story I found uh, in the Discord on the Ukraine. What in the uh, Loki wall chat room? Yeah, the uh, in your story submission. Oh god! In the proper this proper spot. It's. Well, we have some redundancy, and yet we still don't have a weapons board. No. No. No, we will not. Alright, so uh, good old Escalja sending us Al Jazeera. Put him on the list. Fake news. Fake news. Obviously fake news. I had, I don't... <laughs> I had, the, I had the conversation with my wife yesterday, because she was like, uh, here's this great story, and she sent it to me, and I looked at it, and I was like, you realize this this is Al Jazeera, right? She's like, no, it's from this AJ plus. I'm like, yes, that's, that's Al Jazeera. She didn't believe me. She had to go look it up. And it's not, it's like, it's not, it's not that they do fake news as much. I, I find that they're actually a little more accurate than say, you know, CNN or MSNBC or Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they do put a twist on it. Obviously you just have to kind of read through the twist and, and glean the, what, what information you can from it. Mm-hmm and move on from that, but it was just funny to see the look on her eyes like, no, that's not, that's not Al Jazeera. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So Crafty, uh, tell us what you thought. I mean, what did you think about the, the, the initial civil war to begin with? and the implementation of the current government that you have in place. Is that something that you were for or were you against at the time? And how do you see this corruption happening and, and what that means to uh, the implementation of that government? Is it some from coming from that or is it something else outside influences? Cause there's a lot of what I, what I think is there's a lot of outside influences with Ukraine because of the, uh, the issue between, Ukraine and Russia and trying to put NATO in, into Ukraine and that sort of thing. And the, and the basically the almost new cold war that we're creating because of this a uh, whole hotspot. And there's such external influence on that country right now that these types of corruptions seem to be um, expected almost and unfortunate, but something that I could see happening. No. Yeah. And real quick here, I'd like to interject, uh, when I stated that the Ukraine is weak earlier, that is a reference to Seinfeld. Uh, that is not my editorial view on the Ukraine. I did not realize that that might not be a shared experience. Uh, yeah, shared reference. I'm not sure what sort of penetration into the Eastern Europe market uh, Seinfeld actually had. <laughs> he was global, man. Don't you know? Oh yeah, no. Every like everything in my life somehow comes back to Seinfeld, and I can find a reference know. back to it. But I want to know. I would like. like I said I do want to talk more about Ukraine. Uh, hopefully, Crafty has heard that and is 
type in response and let us know because I'm really curious. But also, I want to make sure that we sometime tonight talk about the main story of the week, and that is Gaga Cooper. Gaga Cooper. Okay, well, I'm taking actions now behind the scene to ban Reinhold from from life, uh, from everything. This is this is what Twitter's talking about. It's like trending on Twitter right now. <laughs> My God, no, this is what news is. This is the state of our news media. No, no, like you you were asking earlier, like, well, why does this style of story disappear and all these? Because we're busy worrying about Gaga Cooper. What's what's? All right, as we wait for Crafty, so what the heck's a Gaga Cooper? Uh, oh, so, you know, you know the movie uh, that just just came out recently, A Star Is Born. Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga were in it. It's great, no. it's great thing, right? No. Uh, last week, Lady Gaga um, separated from her fiance, and then at the Oscars on Sunday night, they did a duet of the song from the sh- to the movie "Shallow." Mm-hmm. And everybody is saying the way they sang it, you could tell that they're in love. Now they're shipping this and they're trying to make it the new Bradgelina or whatever silly little name that they're coming up with now, I guess, is Gaga Cooper. Even though Bradley Cooper has a partner who was sitting in the chair between <laughs> Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper when they were in the, the audience, right? They're acting, guys. They were acting this way because that's what they do because they're actors. Jeez. But it's like the biggest news <laughs> right now. It's hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So, Crafty did uh, respond back. It's like no choice. You can't influence anything. I think it's like a big bosses are playing a game and we are their pawns. I do not like our current president. For example, he's a businessman, and you know he has his companies still in Russia. An example, an example, our enemies in terms of war, still money, is everything. Huh. Yeah. So, and I'm guessing that's, that is part of the grounds for the impeachment. Uh, yeah. So... I mean, it's a, it's a very difficult situation in the Ukraine because they're basically being eaten away by their larger neighbor, and Putin definitely has imperialistic designs on. I don't know if I agree with that, but I mean, he now that part of Ukraine did ask for help. Well, they were did not want to be part of the new government. Mm-hmm. And you got to understand, Russia is trying to make sure that NATO is not put on its border, right? Correct. It doesn't want missiles sitting on its – remember how big of a fit we pitched when they tried to put missiles in Cuba? Mm-hmm. This is this this is their Cuba right now. So, yeah, they're, they're very upset about what's going on there, and they're trying to influence it. I understand why they're doing it. I don't think it's because he's trying to expand the size of Russia. Because Russia's pretty large, anyways. Right, he's trying to he's trying to push his influence, just like the United States does on on everywhere else. Mm-hmm. But um, I can understand their motivation behind it. You know, whether it's the right way to go about it or, or yeah, that stuff, that's all different. Um, 
the discussion, but I don't think it's just that he's sitting there with the rubbing his hands together, going, I'm going to take over the world. Uh, I'm sorry, but the annexation of Eastern Crimea, Eastern Ukraine and the Crimean Peninsula to me just echoes of the student in land. It, Bearing the lead. Well, I mean, the the people who live there were identified more with Russia than they did Ukraine to begin with. It was an arbitrary uh, country formed at that point. They so they saw themselves more as Russians than they did Ukrainians in that in that peninsula. And when Hitler annexed large chunks of a. Uh, Czechoslovakia. They, there it goes. They were ethnically yeah, but did we check, but did Czechoslovakia have a vote that said they wanted to separate from Ukraine and go, or from Czechoslovakia and go to Germany, or were they just rolled in with tanks? Because there was no Russians in in Crimea. That was all Crimeans freedom fighters. They they may have helped them with some money and logistics and. And things like that, but that war was fought without Russian troops. Hmm. And speaking of the of the money laundering scheme that we're talking about with the current president, wasn't that what Paul Manafort was uh, found um, while he was tried being while he's being tried for because of money laundering from the Ukraine back in two thousand? Or was it? I mean, it was a long yeah. time ago. Yes, uh, I don't remember how long, it was, but it was long before the whole Trump thing, all twenty thirteen, twelve, or something like that. There is no news before the Trump. Only news of Trump. All right, Crafty responded back. Also, the U.S. is. Uh, using this situation in Ukraine and even supports the war itself. It's really easy to destroy some Russian resources by Ukrainian hands and land. Right. And, you, and the Ukrainians want, I mean, there's a whole segment of Ukrainians who are, um, and, and, and not necessarily the, the normal uh, rank and file people there, but there are some actors in Ukraine who have infil- infiltrated into the democratic party and especially into Hillary's inner circle Mm-hmm. That want us to go to war with Russia, and they're trying to use Ukraine as that uh, mechanism to do it. The United States is trying to push NATO into Ukraine. It's just a big, ugly fight going on there. And I think it'd be best if both sides would just leave it alone and let them deal with their own thing. Because this is what always happens when the the big players start inter- interfering in these little countries. You end up with banana republics, just like we did with Honduras. It's like we've done with most of Central America. It's uh, the Middle East is just a mess because of all the meddling going on because of that. Um, so I see this is just the next hotspot, the next focal point for those proxy fights, as it were. And I stunned everyone into silence. See it as you just. Sweet, oh, my was my was, was yeah. I muted? Oops, oops. Yeah, you're muted. 
Oh, oops. Was I was saying that the it's more of a good way for them to fight each other or just positioning. So just in case you do do something, well, whatever. Whatever you want to do in the future doesn't matter. I've got my missiles at, at your border. You don't have any at mine. I have that at yours. I finally get to hit you. You know, and that suits in that subtle way, political way that you know, large com- countries punch each other. They jab these little faint jabs. What Russia missiles do they have that are that close to United, United States, States as Ukrainians to Russia? Exactly. They just don't. And it's a nice like callback to when like the uh, Russian submarines are getting super close to the uh, United States border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a there was a plane that was shot down for that. Oh, oh, they shot a plane down. Uh, it was a airliner. Hear about the airliner getting shot? Uh, it was back in the eighties. Yeah, pretty nasty stuff. It was high to the Cold War. Mm. War in the twenty first century. Uh, this is crafty, by the way. War in the twenty first century. Whenever we are part of Europe. Do you know why we have no support at the very beginning? It's likely artificial, created, fake. But I don't know why do people enjoy watching and doing nothing. It's complacency that doing something can sometimes be more chaotic and unsure than what's currently going on. So the 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 comfortable known is better than the uh, scary unknown for, for a lot of people. So they're willing to just take it. Um, and that's, that's the unfortunate reason. And, and the other, other part, part is too, is like, it's, it's, it's kind of a arbitrary country that was put together. Just kind of like Iraq was kind of thrown together and arbitrarily bordered. Right. I mean, that should have been three different countries. There's too much internal strife and, and too many different segments that should be, you know, separate from each other. Kind of like the Eastern Crimea and the, the yeah, area of probably should have been separated as countries. Um, this happens all the time, and especially in Europe with all the different wars and everything that's been fought for centuries and centuries over there is that people just start making arbitrary borders. Correct. And Belgium only really exists. So Germany and France has somewhere to work out their issues, but there's a lot of different, like because the colonization of um, uh, Africa by European powers. Yeah, most of the uh, most of the territories in that country are like completely jacked up and don't make any sense. So well, now it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because China is making huge inroads into Africa. Yes, yes, they have. So that is going to be an interesting scene to see play out. So mm-hmm. how how is how are the other world's powers going to respond to that, and what's going to happen to the state of Africa has already been decimated for you know, decades of, of fighting because of this, um, because of the big players wanting to get in there and do this. And now you've got China entering in the mix. I just don't think it's going to get any better. Right. But that's part of China's massive, like, uh, goal is to open up trade routes. And, you know, they are trying to get to make sure if Africa, when Africa uh, gets more industrialized, that they have be able to have easier trade routes with China and not go anywhere else. Uh, let's see, Crafty responds, thank you for your comments. Really enjoy listening to you. What about the situation in the U.S.? Do you like Trump? Any problems you are struggling with? Ooh. So, Reinald, do you like Trump? I am not <laughs> the uh, biggest fan 
of President Trump. I find him to be a boorish populist who has a, I don't know, third level reading IQ, maybe third grade. Um, to but put it in that's just my opinion. Yeah. So you think he's crude, rude, and yeah. Well, and the populist part is what really scares, uh, really annoys me. And even admitting to being a nationalist without realizing what he's actually saying at that point, um, I'm, I'm kind of upset about seeing the fourth rise of that type of thought process in this country. So it's the fourth time that this has come to fruition, starting with the know nothings, uh, then two issues of the Ku Klux Klan, and now we have the alt right, which is all the same mindset. It's getting tiring, having to beat it down again all the time. Yeah, but the difference with the alt right, the alt right is at least shrinking. It's not growing. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I really do not agree. I don't know if I agree with that at all. Okay. We'll, we'll find out uh, in 2020. Uh, I, I feel like the alt right is shrinking. I figure a lot of people got into it, thought it was one way, really, and a lot of people are breaking up and they're not staying with it. And the ones that are staying with it were probably white nationalists before the alt right movement or non right people in the first place. But I figure a lot of people was calling themselves out, like, yeah, believing in just new right or some other language, and then realized, like, wow, these are some uh, racist socialists. I'm not, you know, I'm not hanging out with these guys. Well, it's really more a case of, uh, and not necessarily white nationalists, as it is about Western culture. And that's when you hear the phrase Western culture and you start seeing that being played out. I mean, that was the kind of the way the the, the second wave of the KKK, mm-hmm. they were, they got to, I think, the most political power. And they were doing it on the issue of uh, white Protestantism. So they didn't like the Catholics, they didn't like the Jews, they didn't like the uh, Irish, they didn't like anybody other than white Protestants, right? So that's what they considered Western culture, as it were. They used different language for it, um, American culture, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. um, But it's the same mindset that there's a group of people, we all want to be only us around, and we don't want to have all these other influences coming in and making our society different even though most people realize that when you do that when you have other thought processes coming in other cultures coming in and melding together you become something better and stronger it's like when you don't want to marry your sister or and then and then continue that down the line like they did in in the uh kingdoms of europe where they all started having uh, weird genetic deformities because because there's no nothing new being introduced into it as it were stale understandable to keep everything um, to flowing and mix up so it's like I said it's, it's a lot of it like based off of fear um, once again like we've talked to in the past it's just fear um, the shutdown um, I heard about shutdown in the US is it true can you tell me some details the quote unquote government was shut down most of that was just non-essential workers not getting paid and having to go up because of budget talks. It wasn't really like a shutdown. Government really didn't like shut yeah. down or nothing it's really interesting, stopped. It's interesting to see how much of the government was shut down that was considered non-essential. And it's like, if they're not essential, then why do we have them at all? Right? Correct. Yeah, correct. State state government still functioned. Police, fire, fire, everything was still functioning. 
Yeah, it was something like a tenth of the federal level of government wasn't getting a paycheck. Yeah. Well, I don't think no, they weren't. Get, none of them were getting a paycheck. They were being forced to work, though. And that was the, the the funny thing was that you're being forced to work, but you're not getting paid. So they were complaining about that. But then you find out that all of these government workers belong to these credit unions. And the credit unions were giving them interest-free loans to get them by until the uh, shutdown was over. So they were all just complaining about it. It was all political. I mean, that's that's the, the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Fortunately, unfortunately, what it is, and it, and this is the problem, is that we have a uh, we have a Senate and Congress that doesn't want to do their jobs, and that's what's always frustrated me ever since the seventies. When in the seventies they instituted this the the uh, War Powers Act and they instituted the emergency the Emergency Powers Act, right? These two things happened in the mid seventies, and it was basically Congress signing away their job to the president and say, okay, you do what we are supposed to do and then we'll just okay it. How's that sound? And then the president now has these powers that he's not supposed to have. Like figure in our, in our uh, government when, because just because Congress doesn't want to stand up and do its damn job. Mm -hmm. And now they want to do their job against Trump, which is hilarious. Well, they're still not doing it, though. That's the thing is that they can oh, yeah, stop just threaten all of this right now, and and they won't get together, and get off their butts, and do it because they know that then they're going to have to do, you know, they're going to have to do their phony baloney job. Correct. That's the other thing is like as they complain about the migrants and the immigrant immigration process of going on on the southern border, where they have the most power to do anything about it. It's Congress who would, if need be, craft the treaty with the Mexican government to allow free travel between the United States and Mexico. They could easily could have crafted that. Right. I mean, the president signs that sort of thing, but it doesn't come into effect until Congress does it. So, right. Yeah. They could easily brought that to the table and talked about this, even like some sort of word migration thing where, yes, you can come over and work. You have to pay U.S. taxes and you have to go back. They could have did tons of different things, but all they did was complain. Because it helps them get reelected, which are sad. Because that's all they care. Mostly they care about. I know it's kind of cliche. Like politicians only care about being reelected, but they really care about being reelected. By the way, here I think we have a uh, another person in the chat. Hey guys, it's Hody. How y'all doing? Hody Jones. You are spot on, Harry, because I have thought about this before, that they have two solutions for the for the the borders. And one is doing their jobs and creating some treaties at the federal level, which they have the, the power and the authority to do. Yep. Or they could interview interfere with a bunch of people's private property, spend a bunch of money on taxes, put more troops out there, pour a bunch of concrete. You know what? Uh, Trump even called it militant eminent domain. Use militant eminent domain, steal people's land, mm-hmm. uh, ignore the fact that we can't build on the Rio Grande, and just do all these, all these things that that, and then jail the people who try to break it. And so all of the onus, instead of being on the politicians, gets transferred to the people involved. It, it's it's a complete. This is on you. The solution that they're looking at is a 
we're not going to take care of it on our end. We're going to do some things, though, that makes it so that we can arrest you if you try something on your end. Right. Yeah. Everything like you see a lot of those co- the congressmen uh, they'll complain about is like they are the ones with the power to do something about it, to put something to the floor and actually do something. Yet they complain about everybody else and that they should do something. And there's usually people who are ill-informed that believes, no, only the president could do these things. And that's that's part of the issue there. Yeah. I All right. So I'm glad I was on the like I was thinking the right thing before. I thought I was like, I was crazy. Like, you know what, kid? Congress is going to they could fix this before this even happens. They could just fix all this or made sure it never even got to a head like this. And the strange thing about it, the strange thing is that considering that Social Security is a freaking Ponzi scheme, we need the migrants coming in here and paying into the Social Security system and not collecting that money and going back. Yeah, what's going to happen if we cut all that out and we have fewer people in the United States and then we the boomers start retiring in about five to ten years? We're in trouble. Social yep. Security is going to fall in on itself. Everybody's worried about welfare. I mean, why are you trying to protect welfare when you're going to kill us? So- Thanks for the fall, Crafty. <laughs> the the money, if you follow the money, and we have we have this, you know, the fair, uh, what's it, the fair institute, they've got their set of stats that says, hey, here's how much we have to pay per immigrant. You mean their okay. lies? Okay, so, so yes, I want to start there. So we say, okay, these are lies, their numbers are inflated, we don't like their numbers. If you look at their numbers... And delete the cost of deporting them, they contribute less to the debt than the average American citizen. Yep. This bottom line. And that's using their numbers, which everyone says are lies. And I say, you know what? Use their numbers. They cost us less than the average American citizen until you factor in the cost of trying to kick them out of the country and sending people to bash down their doors and kick them out of the country. Until that point, they're costing us less. Everybody in the United States is is costing us in debt right now it's just the way it is it's the way things have been set up it's awful of course we want to fix it but they are doing less damage than we than than we are i've made that point before if you want to you know if you're that if you're really worried about how much money is being spent on welfare then you should take all the people who are on welfare who are citizens and kick them out of the country and then and by the way hody if you're chewing i can hear you on the it's coming across the mic sorry about that um but we, we get the, um, you know, kick them out and to let the images come in because they cost us less and we would be better off financially. If that's your goal to be better off financially, you're going about it wrong by attacking the wrong people. Yeah, uh, you're going you're you're directly attacking our GDP producers and <laughs> and, and that's the number one. Uh, what wealth management or wealth uh, uh, measurement? Sorry, wealth measurement barometer in the country is by GDP production. You go after them, our country is poorer as a result. If we didn't have these ridiculous systems that force them basically to be a debt, they would be more of a profit than the majority of us cubicle workers. And I'm sorry about chewing on ice cubes. (laughs) All right, Crafty uh, had to go, but he left with this last message was, okay, guys, need to go. Want to speak to you more, but I have some work tomorrow at 4 a.m. Here in Kiviet. Kivet? Yeah. Kiev. Yeah. I thought it was Kiev. Kiev, Kiev. This is how it's spelled differently. Yeah. I'm bad with names, and asking Harry is going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's All right, well, Harai, what do we got next? Uh, first off, it's a Neo Deer Leader. Um, already had three uh, other libertarian podcasts recognize me as new Deer Leader. So Awesome. You're making a name for yourself, man. Congrats. Yep, yep. Uh, and he also wanted to know, you yeah, have a wonderful day and goodbye. All right, so moving on here on the low-key wall. Uh, we're going to talk about how to stop Facebook at, from tracking your location in the background. Too long, did not read, uninstall Facebook, never return. Is that it? We're done here? That's I, about it. I that's, know nothing about it. Sounds like, like, sounds like you got it. Yeah, that's the fastest way to do this, right? But yeah. I doubt most people want to do that. That's, that's my well, method. I mean, just think about it. If you just go and live in a cabin in the middle of the woods with no phone... No, who can track it? Uh, well, depends on what typewriter you use, personally. Um, so you've got to mix up your typewriters. Oh, sorry. Get a Selectra. It's got to be a manual. It can't be electric because you don't have electric in the cabin. Right, yeah. You can track it through the electric, right? I brought my uh, portable Sears uh, manual uh, typewriter to uh, Starbucks and annoyed everyone with it. I had a ball. <laughs> As as loud as the manuals were, though the electrics were very the the, the that first electrics that came out. Oh, they were just. I should bring my uh, typewriter to uh, to wall one night and just sit there and start taking notes on it. That's how I learned cycles on a manual typewriter back in the eighteen seventy. Eighteen seventy. Got it. Um. <laughs> the other way you could also do this is don't run the Facebook app. Practice application minimalism, where you don't run um, the don't don't load too many apps. Run it everything in your browser. Just open up the browser and run the app. And don't run the app. Just go to Facebook. Well, do what um um Adam Curry's doing on No Agenda. He's got a flip phone now mm-hmm. that has no. Basically, all it can do is it can receive texts. Mm-hmm. And he gets text alerts whenever he gets an email from specific people so that he can then go to his computer and check the email out if he wants to. He's not getting any of that stuff on his phone anymore because he does not want to be tracked. So let me let me play devil's advocate real quick because I think this will be fun. Okay. I Uh enjoy being tracked by Facebook. I love the fact that they monitor everything I do. I love the fact that they listen to what I'm doing. Okay. The reason being is mm-hmm. because then I get an experience that is tailored for me. They mm-hmm. know the type of things that I'm interested in, and mm-hmm. they move those to the top of my my social wall. They do ads that are focused on things that I might actually consider slash might actually need as opposed to, and I'm just mm-hmm. going to, I hate to be crass, but frankly, before people, before these companies started tracking me, it was all meet people in your area that look like they're going to have sex with you, but you know, they're not actually in your area and nobody's going to have sex with you. And it's, it was all of them. I mean, it was everything in my email is everything in my Facebook. Finally, I get a system that recognizes, Oh, Hey, you don't actually watch pornography all of the time. Maybe I should advertise something else besides porn to you. So it's actually cleaned it up for me a bit. I like the fact that sometimes I will just say, Oh man, I'm going to, we're going to Applebee's tonight. And I mean, I'm keto dieting still and it's rough, but So I haven't gone out recently, but back in the day, I would say, hey, let's go to Applebee's. And I would have fun 
but I would also get a coupon from my Facebook just while I happen to open it, be on the car on the way to Applebee's because they knew. And they're like, oh, hey, here's that. So th- th- again, this is a devil's advocate question because I, I kind of believe with you guys, but I would like to hear you answer someone's experience like mine because they might not see it as a big deal. Okay. Now, for that experience, you do they do take a lot of your information and they do sell it to these companies that do give you that tailored experience. The issue is, is what they do with that information and what they do to process it. So you believe that you are getting things that you want to see. You don't know. You don't really know that. It's kind of they will use it to also to influence you. Uh, Facebook has on occasion has used your inf- uh, information from track play places you have been gone before and likes that you have to also try to manipulate you in so all kinds of different social experiments. They try to make, see if they can make people happy. They try to see if they can make people happy, uh, sad by sending them just bad, you know, things that would just make what they believe would make people sad. They would just send it to someone's feed. Um, it's just, like I said, bad things that Facebook has done. <laughs> <laughs> The, You're saying they're, they're, it's not a coincidence that some days when I see happy, cute dog videos, and then some days I see a whole bunch of sad dog videos, they're trying to like gauge my mood here? Correct. Yeah, they're trying to gauge it and trying to man- new, move you and manipulate it and see, and, yeah, manipulate you. So if they make me sad, and then all of a sudden an ad comes up for, hey, here's some feel happy pills. Correct. Yeah. The other thing they um, do is that they also don't, um, they also use that to censor stuff, to try to, before this whole uh, Cambridge Analytica stuff, uh, it was also known that Facebook did go there and try to manipulate people's like political point of view by putting you into either A, an echo chamber, or B, putting you against your political opponents to see if they could get you to change your opinions. Makes sense. I, I am constantly being bombarded with, uh, you know, I, I'm doing the interviews with the with the candidates for president, and I got a hold of all the Democratic ones, and uh, as well as Bill Welds and uh, you know Donald Trumps as well. I, I probably I have I have very few little hopes on that last one responding, but you know, seeing what I can get on all the rest of them, but because of my volume of contact, they're like, hey, do you want to just join the Democratic Party today? You've spent a lot of time trying to contact them. So maybe, maybe join. So that's, that's been my ads for like the past five days. It's been rough. I'm getting, I'm getting stuff. I got a, a letter yesterday from President Donald J. Trump wanting me to give them money, fight the horrible liberals that are in office now. It's just, I don't know how I got in this mailing list. They need to track you better. This before, because I don't do the. I do the ad block. I don't do anything like that. On what have you guys done the, the fun game of going in and seeing what political, uh, tag they've given you in your account? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. I said I was conservative. Oh right. Told me I was. Um, it wasn't conservative. Is I think more. Um, independent. I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was just like, no, you're not uh, conservative. You're not liberal. You're somewhere else. But they did. They wouldn't say libertarian. I don't think that's an actual option that they have. No, I think it, it says moderate, right? If you're right in the middle, it, it's what like yeah, moderate, strongly right, slightly, slightly right, moderate, slightly left, strongly left, or whatever. I, I was uh, I'd been hard on the president, and it put me on 
slightly left, but that thing also changes. Like it'll change quickly. Like if you have a week of being like Alexandria Casio Ted's is a moron, you'll swing. Like it'll swing, and and you'll be like, it'll be like, oh yeah, you are strongly conservative, and you'll be like, okay, well now I need to fix. I actually use it to try and balance out what people see from me because I I feel bad when I like only rag on one thing. I need to diversify a little bit. <laughs> The other thing with the Facebook tracking service, like location stuff, you give your location to different local businesses and also places that you have gone. So basically, it tracks your entire day and your route to a company, and they do sell it as advertisers. That metadata phone, phone's hmm? also tracking you too, not just the uh, Facebook, and it's it's so everybody's it's like Facebook tracking us, but your phone is doing it as well. Google is doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Or if you, Oh yeah. yeah, even even when I was talking about, I was talking about it broadly. Like yeah. I enjoy the new experience. Like like, and my email has stopped offering me, you know, pornography and stuff. And it's it's been nice that the trash email that I can throw away is now centered towards my interests in like video games and and uh, and politics and books. That's just so, that's a machine. Yeah, your spam filter is reading your emails. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, that's fine too. I just, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I, it's so much better of an experience for me that I like, at least I'm dealing with that instead mm-hmm. of with all the other stuff that I, the, the, the gross stuff, you know, I don't need that, that smut in my inbox. But going to those places to begin with, they wouldn't think you need it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That just uh, sounds like someone's on your Wi-Fi going to that smut stuff there. Odie. Well, that, now hold on. You can change your Wi-Fi password. This was decades ago. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have not had a problem with being offered smut stuff in in a very long time. I have no problem with being offered smut stuff right now. <laughs> Bring it on. Ah, oh, you know what? What am I fighting? All right. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> now I really need to mute the microphone, right? Yep. So, <laughs> do you have any stories you want to talk about, Hody? I brought one, and Harry brought one. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. So nobody have we talked about Smollett yet? Really mentioned the Smollett stuff, we, but you could bring it up. We've all mentioned that we, yeah, we really think it's Chris doesn't we, want we to talk more about of it. Up. So we, we might as well talk about it because we're doing him a favor. He doesn't want to well, talk. I don't think whoa, whoa, I don't know whoa, whoa, if anybody whoa. really wants to. It's a, it's see, see, that's I'm with you guys, but I think the thing is we need to have a conversation to, uh, to make people stop caring because this is the exact type of thing that back when I was like a conservative and, and I probably was always a libertarian, but you know what I mean? I, I was always looking for a reason to dig on the left. This was the type of, ex- of story mm-hmm. I would just, I would consume. It would consume my life. And I'd just be like, this is this is everything. This is my, I, I love stories like this. This is who they are. This is who the liberals are, is Jesse Smollett. And so I guess I'd rather talk, I think the reason I want to discuss it is because I kind of want to discuss why we shouldn't care. Okay. Because we well, always not, talk about crappy people. Yeah. So why shouldn't we care about this crappy person? It's not so much that we shouldn't care. It's more a case of, Let's not try to make this one individual the poster boy for everything wrong with the whole political group. Right. 
And that's, that's what really happens. And, and it's unfortunate that we do it this way. And um, I want, I can go into a little tirade on my own about this. And so we live in an outrage culture. Now, I'm going to be doing a daily on this at some point, but um, so we live in an outrage culture where everybody just wants to be outraged about something and it makes them feel better about themselves. And we've turned it into everybody getting 15 minutes of shame, which is a, there's a new song out by uh, Tim Minchin. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen it yet or, or heard it yet, you should go do it. It's really good play on 15 minutes of fame that everybody thought they were going to get into. Now we are shaming people, making them ear, you know, so unforgivable on what they do that when we're the one that stumbles, now that it gets turned on us. So we have to start understanding that people are people and nobody's all good. Nobody's all bad. Or very few people are all good or all bad. And people are just trying to do what they think is best. People are just trying to get by in their lives. People are just trying to make decisions and choices for themselves that works best for them. And sometimes they do the wrong thing. And it doesn't mean that they're horrible, rotten people. It just means that they, they're wrong in what they did and they should learn from it. But if we destroy them, which is what we tend to want to do, nobody's going to learn anything from it. But, I mean, there are guys that, that I mean, is, is there nobody you're interested in destroying, Reinhold? Like, do you want to give me a glowing review about like Chris Cantwell or Joshua Smith right now? Well, Joshua Smith is I do not want destroyed at all. I, I've tried to help him. I've tried to tell him that he needs to learn more about politics and then to watch what he's doing and become a better steward of libertarianism and not just, you know, fighting his little fight, you know, and focus on that narrow aspect of it, which is what he does. And Chris Cantwell, I think is lost and needs help because he is wrong. He's way, way wrong. And, you know, at some point you have to start saying, okay, we need to dissociate from him and everything else. I understand that, but does that make him an evil, rotten person that's unforgivable, that he could never turn his life around? He couldn't come out and say, look, I was wrong. I am no longer this horrible piece of garbage that I've been for the past four or five years. Yeah. Uh, I've learned my ways. Would people under would people take him in and forgive him for that time period, or are they going to just label him and be done with him, period, at that point? Okay. Um, before um, you continue talking about the cryo Nazi, um, Hody, bearing the lead, who are these two individuals? Oh, uh, Joshua Smith is a representative at large of the Libertarian Party. And what, Chris Cantwell was a very prominent Libertarian, and I believe he has even called himself a white supremacist and a Nazi before. But he is still, uh, he still goes on like Free Talk Live and talks. That, it caused a whole fight on Free Talk Live recently when some of the two of the co-hosts on free talk live uh, quit the show because Ian brought Chris back Correct. after Chris went off the rails and became uh, admitted what we all kind of knew he was, was a white supremacist. The, um, the, they kind of Ian felt that he had to tell him not to come back on the show again. And that lasted for a couple of years. Correct. And then recently he decided to have him back on in an after show which mm-hmm. caused um, to the two people to bail out and say, we're not associated with this anymore. Then there was a big fight and who was fired and blah, blah, blah. It was just a big, ugly mess. Correct. 
One and of I'm those was Daryl uh-huh. Perry, who was former candidate for president mm-hmm. uh, on the Libertarian Party. Right? Yep. He was running to be the. No, I, I think your response, Randhold, is perfect. I'm sick of the hate. Like I, I, I'm so tired of. I asked it as a loaded question because I can glean some good from both of those two guys that I mentioned. And then when Chris Cantwell starts going on Nazi stuff, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not listening to this anymore. I, I, I admit that I really, it's so much directed in the white supremacist direction these days that I just, I probably can't listen to him anymore, but I'd be open to talking about Liberty with him. I just am sick of what what you talk about with the outrage culture. And I don't know if this is taking it to the next step or if this is more the fundamental building block that it grows on, but I've just, I've run out of hate for everybody. For me, it feels like love is an unlimited supply. Like I can be fascinated by somebody and find them interesting and, and that can go on forever. Whereas hate, I just, I just wear out. It's not necessarily love. It's more just understanding that. Okay. So, uh, AOC is not my favorite person as far as politics goes, but I'm not going to hate her. Right. I mean, she's just doing what she thinks is best. She's wrong. I believe that she is very wrong in her beliefs and her assumptions and the things she's done. I will try to convince her she's wrong. I'm not going to think she's a horrible, bad person. It was the same way I felt with Bush and and Obama. They they were wrong on what they were saying and doing in a lot of areas, but they felt like they were doing what they thought was best. Right. So how can you hate somebody for that? Um, Just. You, you can disagree with them. You can say that that uh, there's something wrong with them and that they can't figure out that they're wrong. Uh, even even Trump, I don't think, is a horrible person in regards of just being a, a piece of trash that should be unforgiven and, and kicked to the curb completely. Um, he's got a lot of deficiencies. But let's, fo- let's focus on, on that. So, like there are people who are willing to think that he colluded with Russia in order to win the white house because they hate him. The facts don't show that the facts aren't there for that. And, and I don't believe he actually did anything like that. So I'm not the big, nobody will say that I'm a Trump supporter in any way, shape or form. I don't believe I've not mixed you up with a Trump supporter before. (laughs) But I will defend him on that aspect of it because I think he's getting a raw deal on that side, right? Let's. So we need to focus on the issues, and f- like everybody's talking about how AOC is stupid or Trump is a racist and all this stuff. Let's focus on the things that that we can really f- argue about mm-hmm. and point out are wrong without trying to destroy them as human beings and dehumanize them to the point where we don't have to think anymore. We can just automatically hate somebody. And that's what our culture does now. So what I'm hearing is that Reinhold is going to vouch for Trump. Uh, he's a Trump supporter. I'm vo- I'm vouching for Hillary and Trump because I defended Hillary too on the political persecution that she was under when they were trying to get her on the on the server stuff. And I know you and I disagree with that a little bit, uh, Paul. But still, I, I felt that a lot of that was politically motivated prosecution and. I thought libertarians were against that sort of thing. The, I have a tough time with there are certain there are certain character, characters. So, like, let, let me take Smollett for for instance. And and if you work backwards, it's funny until it's sad 
because you start today and you say, oh, he's going to jail. Why is he going to jail? Because he paid some people to beat him up. He wrote him a check because he's a moron. And he doesn't know that you don't write people a check to beat you up if you don't want it to get traced back to you. And then he also fabricated an email that he sent to himself. And then, and you, they, it was unwinding this knot, right? And then it looked like it was because of money, because he wanted more pay on the show. And then they started unraveling that knot. And when you finally got down to the basis of it, why did this whole thing start? Oh, because he had a drug addiction. Well, aren't we compassionate on that? He did something awful, because, but he's famous. Frankly, I know people that have done worse things in my personal life, been addicted to drugs. The only difference is they're not famous, right? Like, yeah, like we, we kind of hit on that earlier. His own money. I mean, how many people steal from their own house? You know what I mean? Or steal from their parents to, to finance their dr- drug activity. At least he's stealing from him. He's borrowing from himself and his own reputation. And so... I think, like, with with Smollett, I, I feel for the guy. Yes, he did something awful, and it's hilarious. So I, I love talking about it because I think it's hilarious and stupid and, and all those good things. I get an entertainment value out of it. But also, with this, I am compassionate on what happened to him. I think there's a difference, though. I mean, I think there's a difference where we can say, hey, this is hilarious, and you're an idiot, and we're going to mock you a little bit without making it your – unforgivable human scum yeah. or this is the left right? right or saying you are either now side. yeah oh either yeah. side I mean, that's what i'm saying you can't it, there's there's a difference there so i think it's it's healthy to kind of point and laugh and go okay that's fun yeah really you're really and then let it go and then let him get help and then let him recover himself i mean it used to be that um Famous people would go through their drug addiction phase, do a bunch of stupid stuff, and then become reborn, go through rehab, and everything was fine. Everybody, I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr., what he went through. He was a mess for many years. Yes. Um, but now he's the most beloved, one of the most beloved actors there are because he's talented and everybody loves him for that. Um, so a lot of people don't get that in their lives. Just like we have people who are drug addicted getting a put in jail, which they shouldn't be put in jail for being addicted to a drug. It's supposed to be unconstitutional uh, by the Supreme court, but they're arresting them for possession instead of actually using, which is a little mind mind game to get that through. Right. Uh, And then their lives are destroyed. They can't get a job later. They have a felony on their records. They can't vote. They can't participate in, in, in society like they used to. They can't get jobs. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, the wrong way of looking at the human condition and people and all the help that they need. If I don't show up to see the next mission impossible, does Tom Cruise feel like he needs to change religions? Like it's, 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 (laughs) it's ridiculous, right? I mean, I I don't do anything by not showing up to see it. Right. It's, it's just, I rob myself of entertainment if it's any good and he's not going to take it as, Oh, you know, this is, this must be a referendum on my religion. If I don't show up, you know, I mean, those same people that, that are like, yeah, I'm not going to see it because of his religion are the same people that also showed up to see the pianist in force. And, you know, we also know what that, what that director was doing. Right. So Harry, I know you want to say something, but I do want to ask one more question to the group at large. Okay. Because here, here's the problem that I have is because the Smollett thing, I feel bad for him. But then there's somebody that like gets people murdered and steals stuff from their desk and hides it and then gets caught. And I, at that point, I'm like, oh man, like I'm having trouble feeling pity because what you did was 
clearly out of some self-preservation and you, and you went a little too far. Like, if, is there a point where you lose a little too much humanity, especially with politicians? Because I feel like at some point, I, like I'll hear someone who graduated. The problem that I have with both Trump and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they took economics. They are masters of it. They didn't go to these like little schools or take a small class or listen to it. So they say things where they know better. That, you know, and and they know that this is that this will have this effect or this is what it will do. And it'd be one thing if they just package it in a pretty package, but they outright lie about the effects of the thing of the of their economic impact, both of them. So is there a certain point where we stop having, you know, where where's their compassion then? Do you do, do I still talk about them compassionately and say, oh, they're just lying because they really want their agenda through? Is it just because they feel like their agenda is right? I guess is the question I want to turn to the group. Hmm. Well, I think they kind of believe that their agenda is correct or that what they have been taught, they know better than. As in, they take it, they have interpreted it, they see it in a different way from their own experiences and repackage it out as, the, you know, this is what they want to do. And this is what they take with all past experience, plus, you know, everything they want to do. And it's, you know, and it's absent of what they were taught. But some people get taught things and get taught from other different schools, from different things where they and just kind of want to go with it. Well, and part of the thing, too, is it's us versus them at attitude that starts to permeate into political political culture and politics. Um so you want to dehumanize the opponent and build up your own side. You end up getting put into these echo chambers and the echo chambers start taking bad information and pushing it as good information. And it gets repeated and echoed throughout that chamber to where you start to believe it happened. Right? So you start to believe that it's the, the facts and the reality when you should know better, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't, but you, you want to stick up for your side and stick up for um your group against the other group. And that's, I think that's where that comes into play. It's it's hard for me to, I I don't know. I have like pity on Smollett, but I don't have pity on like the Clintons or like Paul Krugman when he says something about like like price fixing. I'm just like, I don't have pity on him. I just think that they're wrong, but I don't, I don't think they're, he's a subhuman. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not saying that you, you should have pity on, on Paul Krugman for being wrong and pushing something that is, is false or, or not real, not, not held up by, by uh, the science of, of the topic he's supposed to be talking about. Mm-hmm. But he, I understand what he's trying to do. I understand his mindset. I understand that he's just trying to do what he thinks is best, even though he's wrong at it. And I would rather uh, combat him on this facts on the issue and not try to make him the laughing joke, you know, the laughing, like there's, you can laugh about people and joke about people. And I think that's healthy to do, but there comes a time where you take it too far. And a great example in my mind, a great example in my history is Dan Quayle, right? Dan Quayle was not a stupid person, right? But he had a couple bad moments. He was unprepared for a few things, and he did a, a did and said a few things that weren't exactly uh, the best for the situation he was in. And then he became the butt of so many jokes and so derided for that that it became the 
reality that didn't really exist. Right. A lot of the things that you've heard that Dan Quayle has said are comedians who have said those things, just like they're doing with AOC, where they're saying that she said this or she said that when she never did because they're trying to make her appear stupider than she really is. Mm -hmm. uh, they did the same thing to Dan Quayle. And it, I know, I mean, I, I kind of knew Dan Quayle a little bit because when I had an issue when I was in the military and I needed assistance, we wrote to our senator, who was Dan Quayle at the time, and he, him and Lou, Rich Luger, and they took care of it for me. And, you know, that's, it's, it's frustrating when you know that somebody is not what people are trying to make them out to be. Mm -hmm. and, and you see firsthand what that can do. I mean, look what happened to another great example is Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford was not a bumbling idiot, but you know, Chevy Chase didn't like him. So Chevy Chase made him out to be that on Saturday Night Live and admitted that that's the reason he did it. He wanted to make sure he would not get reelected because he hated him and basically destroyed the perception that people have of that man because of that political agenda. So what you're saying is we should ban Saturday Night Live from doing comedy about presidents. No, I'm saying we should understand when the comedy is coming from a place of, of humor and good naturedness and satire. And it's not coming from a place of trying to destroy the life of the reputation of somebody in the process. There's a line that I think gets crossed mm -hmm. and I don't know of any good examples really of that happening on Saturday Night Live lately because I haven't been watching it much. I don't know how far over the line they're going with the Trump thing. No one is. Bo uh, both of their viewers are, are adamant, but I haven't met him. Well, the, the, Kavanaugh <laughs> hearing, the Kavanaugh hearing with Matt Damon, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that Matt was Damon hilarious. Kavanaugh. That was funny. Uh, because they were picking on everybody. And I saw another recent cold open where they had Trump on uh, let's make a deal mm -hmm. uh, talking about, you know, the shut it down of the government. And they had all the, 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 the suitcases senators on there. Yeah, that was oh, yeah, the suitcases and Booker going, Oh, for me, I'm running for president. You know, it was just, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was funny because mm -hmm. they were hitting everybody, but they were hitting everybody good naturedly. They weren't doing it in a way to make them appear as less than human or less than, uh, uh, forgivable or scum or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 But yeah, because Saturday Night Live in recent history, like, yeah, they completely ruined most people's uh, a takeover. Uh, what's her name? Uh, running mate for um, McCain. What was your name? Palin. Yes. Sarah yeah. Palin. Sarah Palin. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like, I can see my house from Russia. She didn't really say that. That was Saturday Night Live. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was, what that was. Everybody, when they think of Sarah Palin, they think of Tina Fey. Yeah, and it's like that's. You know, I really, I really did like the the time when Tina Fey was on and Sarah Palin came on and told her to get off the stage, and they were good natured enough to have that happen. You know, because they understood it was they were joking, and and I don't think that they took the Sarah Palin stuff too far. I think I think that some of the people who were watching it tried to attribute what she said, what Tina Fey said as Sarah Palin and to Sarah Palin, which was wrong. But um, when Sarah Palin was nominated, mm -hmm. the, the political communication that weekend was 
terrible what they tried to do to her. I mean, they mm-hmm. there were people talking about uh, her, after kids, being, her. Well, yeah, they went after her kids and her kids' kids. Like you know, it was like they were trying to say that her son was actually her daughter's son, and she had it out of wedlock, and all this other stuff, all this conspiracy stuff was happening over that weekend, oh, yeah. and it was so disgusting. It's like I th- this is why women don't go into politics, because you can destroy them on a different level than you can men, and it's it's uh, amazing to see. I'm gonna call some shenanigans on that because uh let's not forget what the bush campaign did to mccain over his adopted daughter in 2000 oh remember what they were doing with perot's kids too because made perot jump out of the race as well yeah so saying that it's something uniquely no 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 i don't think i'm not saying that going after the kids is unique i'm just saying that women have a whole different there are ways to go after women in politics that's different than how you can go after men. And I see a lot of people trying to do that from time to time. And I think it's just, I think it's wrong. You should treat people as individuals and what they have to say. You shouldn't go, you know, there's certain languages that people use in, in news media when they're trying to destroy somebody. Mm-hmm. And you can see this on, on newspaper headlines and things like that. When you have the picture of, of this one guy saying, you know, that this person was accused of doing this and it's, it's gentle. And then you have the other person who did the same thing and he's treated as a, a, you know, subhuman, that sort of thing. And then you start to see the different races between them, that sort of kind of journalistic bent that happens on things. And that's way off the, off the reservation in my opinion, but um, I see it done. You know, I see the way that sometimes these people are treated by other people and I just not very happy about it. All right. This episode is getting kind of long in the tooth guys. I know oh, you've say- been going for a while. Oh, I- for me, it's no, 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 we're, we're taking over. We're doing, we're going to break our record. What? What? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> There'll be no record breaking tonight. Okay. All right. Some of us had to stay up, you know, go and work all morning because someone decided to uh, wire the uh, the warehouse I worked at in an in terrible fashion. So now I've got to go out and try to find me a cable monkey. That's all they want to do is go up and down ladders and run cable everywhere in this warehouse because the wiring is so squirrely in this place. But since that is going to have to keep happening and I've got to get a brother to get that done. I'm going to call it. We're going to call it. Calling it. Calling it. All right. We maxed it out like oh, close to 10 viewers because I'm going to, I'm going to bed. I'm getting early. So you, let's you sound out. just like your leader kicking us out of yeah. his studio because he, he wants to go to be uh, Neo deal leader. Yeah. Yeah. Neo deal leader will end the fun now. So um, if you could. Let's start wrapping it up. Let's start with Howdy, since you were the last one to enter in. Why don't you go first? All right. Last one in, first man to leave. Yep. Start the timer. All right. right. Well, I I guess for my final thoughts, I I think that there's a lot of work that we need to do culturally, especially socially, in order for libertarianism to succeed. 
And a lot of that has to do with making this world a friendlier place. And I think we don't realize how badly we undermine our own cause when we, when we say, when we make the Smollett like thing, our focus for a long time. It's hilarious. It's worth saying a thing about. I'm not saying don't say anything about it. Somebody told me recently that, and I was thinking about this, that Ben Shapiro does 25% of his shows. 25% of his pieces are about, about why people shouldn't be able to select their own gender. And he feels comfortable talking about it and whatever. Here's the thing is Ben Shapiro is probably a good person. And, but if you are someone who struggles with, with gender reassignment or gender issues, you're not going to listen to him anymore because that's 25% of what he talks about. Mm -hmm. And I think the danger for me, because even when I was a libertarian, I still held on to some of those, like, look at how idiotic these leftists are. Like they are so stupid and right. I mean, righties too. I mean, that, that was why I left the whole thing as I got done with the right, but the socialists. Yeah. The left and right socialists i was just so sick of all of them and i was just i I had had enough and i would make them my whole focus and it would just be 99 percent of what i would talk about in a week would be one guy being stupid from their from their thing and i think that we're in danger of doing that we we always we talked about on the show with alexandria ocasio-cortez uh what happened what the problem is when we dump on everything she does no matter what she is wrong on a lot of policy issues. But if I am constantly aiming when she's wrong, what happens when the other guy's wrong? And I don't call it out. See, as a manager, I've had to manage a few restaurants and that's called um, what implicit approval. And so it's saying I am approving I, without saying it. I'm approving of what the other, what the other guys are doing, what Trump's doing or whatever, because I spent all my time attacking her. And nobody's going to believe us when we say we're this great place for all Americans to be when if we spend all of our time constantly dumping on one side or the other. You know, if I constantly spend all my time talking about trying to make Jesse Smollett bigger than it is, it's a joke. So we should make a joke about it and then move on. When we talk about politics, we shouldn't talk, be talking about him. We shouldn't be talking about that. You know, it's okay to rip on her policies, but... Keep in mind, while she's the face of the bill, she's also one of many authors. She's not the only target here. And then there's plenty of other social programs from the right that need to be looked at as well. And do you, you know, for me, it's an honesty check because I I can feel myself compelled to dump on somebody. And so what I need to do is check myself and say, you know what? This requires intention. I need to physically stop myself from typing on the keyboard what I'm about to dump on her. And think for a second and say, am I doing, will this make people believe that I have everybody's best interest at heart or just my best interest at heart or just the right, be- right's best interest at heart? Because if I keep dumping on her, people aren't going to believe that I'm genuine anymore. You know, and, that, and that, I guess that's what I want to say is that it requires intention. I hope that people understand that when they type, it's natural to sometimes let go, but that natural place gets taken advantage of by social media by politics, by news, and you'll eventually end up in a camp that believes a lot of stuff you don't want to believe in. So you have to intentionally say, no, I'm not going to dump on her this time. You know what? Maybe I'll say something good about her. She took a GoPro in and wanted to show what her day at the office was like. I want to see more of that. 
I wish every single ca- candidate wore a GoPro. You know, maybe and maybe I maybe that's not natural. I had to go out of my way to find something nice to say about her because I don't want to just dump on her. But that's I think that's a good thing when we do that, when we say, yes, I'm going to go out of my way to say these are the type of good behaviors I want to see instead of just ragging on all the bad behaviors and pretend that everybody sucks. But us, because guess what? People have drug issues. Okay, a lot of people have drug issues. So the Smollett thing becomes a little less funny to them when we just dump on it all the time. You know, the race thing becomes less funny. You know, we, if you have a homosexual friend with that one guy who burned his own house down because he wanted to learn, look like a hate crime, you know, that's coming out now, too, at about the same time. If we spend all our time up in that, hey, here's what all gay people are like. We don't have to say that. But if that's what we focus on, that's that's what we look like. And that perception has to change if people are going to trust libertarians. I took a lot of time for my final thoughts, but there they all are. <laughs> all right thanks howdy all right yeah man go right home yeah, i'm sure the so they're not final we'll, we'll hear more from you later mm-hmm. <laughs> uh as we as we do more shows and stuff but no i just uh i, I agree with you on the uh, the aoc thing because um something i can say good about her is that she understands politics a lot better than a lot of people who think they do uh, and a great example is that when people tried to attack her for the dancing video and then she posted a video of her dancing going into the her office or something like that. it was just like that's how you deal with it that's politics that's how you uh, should deal with stuff like that in politics and she understands that far better than a lot of other people who think that they understand politics Right. The person we talked about before, the great example. Right. So, um, but my, my kind of feeling is the same as yours um, in that, Cody, that um, we're trying to create a society. We, we are advocating for a society where people um, rule, you know, the societal rules has kind of happened. And then the normals and the mores and things like that happen naturally instead of being forced by government. But if we're not willing to do those things ourselves, if we're not willing to uh, look past uh, small foibles and, and errors in judgment and things like that on other people, then we're just going to create a society. You know, we're advocating for a society that's just going to fall apart and break down um, if we if we continue down that path. We need to be talking about, you know, how we can lift everybody up. And, and and be a good society uh, to, to be in. And then that'll win the day over. Uh, once we can prove that to people, that this can happen, uh, the more and more we prove it, the less and less they're going to need to rely on government to do it. That's how you scale back the government, by proving your case, not just talking about it. So, I mean, that's the only problem is, is that when you and I say that sort of thing, there's a segment of the libertarianism that are going to call us liberals left-leaning libertarians, socialists, uh, because we care about people for some reason. Um, but I can't understand how you can function in this society or function in this world if you don't care about people. And that's my final thoughts. I'm not going to take too much time, so give it back to you, Harry. Hits vape. Oh, more of those left libertarian billboard lickers. <laughs> Anyways, go to- <laughs> All right, Paul, go ahead. Oh, final thoughts. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to say that it's been great to sit back down and have another low key, uh, even though it's kind of absurping the place of the uh, big show for the week. But I, 
I've been trying to push for the last several months. I'm like, hey, we need to sit down. We need to do this. And I know things are busy. Well, I'm hoping we can keep up this uh, little bit of momentum and do it more often. Because I've honestly missed having something that's a little bit less structured. Uh, because the big show has become a very structured but very excellent program. And I, I miss being able to just kind of BS for a bit. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts. I I do want to say thanks to Crafty, uh, even though he had to go to bed. Um, very interesting conversation they brought up, and I hope that he uh, keeps engaging with us in the future. And uh, also, I see that uh, Lyknar, uh did drop us a sub, so thanks there, Lyknar. And uh, that just about wrap it up for me. Oh, all right. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Crafty, um, for the follow. Definitely thank you, like, like, uh, for the, uh, for the sub of the channel. And, uh, yeah, I, I like the unstructuredness of Loki wall. Um, it's just a little bit more free form, a little bit more fun, a little more hanging out. Um, I do enjoy it. Um, I hoping to, I'm hoping to have more time to be able to do these type of events. That's why I made the hiring choices I did at work to make sure I, I can get some free time to be able to do this show. Um, the other thing what I wanted to talk more about is uh, what Reinhold said is giving people the ability to come back after doing something that's wrong. That's why a lot of people give Ian Freeman of free talk live crap for continuing to talking to Christopher Cantwell. But I see it is that's it's basically his only life preserver that is left. He he knows the you know he he, he knows liberty left and right. He just got to get he has to get through whatever he's going through, and the best way for him to do is to be able to, to talk that out, to talk with someone and have someone else. It's to shut him. It's just going to push him further down that hole. So I enjoy, I enjoy that Ian's strong enough to talk to him. I can understand people's frustrations with him. I would be frustrated frustrated with Kento if I had to experience him on a daily basis. Um, it's bad. Uh, um, that's why I was kind of. That that's sad that uh, that uh, uh, Ian brought my name up to Cantwell when he was talking to him about uh, different um, um, black people who are in liberty movement, other than just one a couple people. There's actually a bunch of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's what I want to talk about. It's just like allowing people to come back once they apologize and really say that they do. You know, it's okay. Let them come back. You know, as long as they are really are truthfully, um, you know, sorry and want to make a path and make make, make for better. So, that's my final thought on that. Thanks for coming to Loki Wall. Thanks for all, everyone who stayed and watched. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you weren't—you were here on Twitch watching the live stream of Loki Wall. Thanks, Walnuts. Um, I know I didn't post this on the on the Face Tubes, the Twitters, on the Instagrams, but you guys found us anyways, and that makes you makes you awesome. 